Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined today by our regularly scheduled co-host, Nikki. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Thank you. I'm back. You have returned. I'm now in a new house. I've realised that I'm actually closer to you now than I was before. I think I was about 15 minutes from you before and now I'm probably only a 10 minute walk. Yeah. Two minute drive. So soon, I mean, if we're going by this standard, by next year, I'll be in your house. <laughs> One can only dream. <laughs> Just getting closer and closer. But yes, I have a new office. It's very nice. Yeah. I'm jealous of your office. I'm still on my dining room table. So that's fine. That's like the standard thing these days, isn't it? Right. It's all the same in lockdown slash yeah. not really lockdown because everyone's supposed to be returning back. But I refuse. Mm. Um. We don't actually have any news, but I was going to ask you, you know, what's what's new with you? Oh, um, nothing much. What has been new with me? I'm trying to think. Oh, you got I told, a job promotion. I did get a job promotion. I was just about to say, I feel like this was a hint to talk about my job promotion. I am now a lead UX UI designer. Yeah, my you're studio. a leader. I am. I'm a leader. I'm in charge of some people and some things. It's a yeah. bit scary, but it works. You're a le- leader of menus. I hope yeah. you're making their menus good. I'm a leader of user interfaces. I'm making all you users have a good time. Good. Well, congratulations. I think everyone else will join me in congratulating you on your promotion into leader. Thank Um, you. That was good news this week. That's literally all we've got. That is. That is. So quickly moving on just to into our episode, I guess, today. Yes. Um, I'm not used to having such a short little opening. People are probably quite excited about the fact that we're not droning on for about 15 minutes of useless information. Probably, but I just feel like we need to fill the gap before we play more music. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It was weird not having you here, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I did listen to that episode and um, you both, you all kind of bitched about me a little bit. Um, We did not bitch. We literally, (laughs) I feel like you were going to say this, whatever we said. And actually, for what I was expecting from the two have got till five we were fine we literally just said you're not here jesse was like why is Jesse like nikki not here and that was kind of all we said about you we didn't <laughs> talk know. about you and then all. you said i'd never played a pokemon despite oh. my game boy list that i did <laughs> that's the only of social you did this week in an episode that you weren't even in was to talk about you i told steph that i couldn't do any socials the week that i was moving but yeah i went on there especially just to just to sass steph <laughs> and a memory of my pokemon playing but it's fine we're over it but no it was a great episode everyone should go listen to it if they haven't already i'm not in it but it's still worth listening to thanks (laughs) so yeah i guess i mean should we quickly announce what our top five is and then then drop some sick beats yeah i think we should talk a bit about how we've ruled this as well so our episode today is top five uh video game animals or animals and video games um, but it's a bit different because it's not all animals. No, so it's not. It's animals that you would still class as animals. Um, so they can't talk. They don't wear like clothes, or they're not anthropomorphized, like not hum- humanized in any way. Like yeah. Crash Bandicoot doesn't really look like a four-legged little bandicoot animal. He's or been turned Sonic. into a character. I mean, yeah, they're all blue, characters. And he wears pants. Does he wear, actually, no, he doesn't wear pants. He just wears shoes. Yeah, he's naked. Oh God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so basically anything that we, you would sort of more compare to a real life animal uh not not one that's talking or walking on two feet or anything like it but it can also be an in-game 
world animal so it doesn't have to be yes. one that we have in our world it can be one that's in their world but it's still technically an animal because it's yeah something not... that the characters in the world are treating like an animal you know what yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> treating them like an animal like the animal they are <laughs> um but it should be an interesting one i think i mean i like animals who doesn't so yeah i mean this is surely your episode mrs ecologist yes yes and i'm excited for it so I'm let's do yeah. it i should have made you get actual animal facts oh Bye. I see this is I too mean, late now. I'll, I'll see what I can do in one in in the twenty seconds of that next piece of music plays quickly. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. Let's go. Okay, I've got one. You've got, got one. Oh, man. I'll work on the other soon. Good work. <laughs> uh, before we start, I guess, uh, as always, if you've not listened to us at all ever before, uh, what we do is we have a top five each. I have top five and Nikki has top five. We've not discussed this before. So sometimes there could be crossovers. What happens with crossovers, did Nicola? Uh, Beetle comes out of the cupboard. Oh! And does that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. Hopefully, we probably actually will have some. I know that sounds bad that I'm hoping for it, but I just feel like we don't ever get him anymore. So I reckon yeah. he's going to pop his little head out at some point, but I I hopefully so it won't be mine that's taken away. It'll be yours. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> in, that, in that case... The battle is on. Is it you going first this week as well? I think we've lost uh, track of that, but well, I can. Yeah, I'll just let you go first. This won't be a crossover. I just know it. It's a really weird one. Interesting. But it's one that I just suddenly thought up in the middle of the night, you know, those sort of things where you just sort of just sit up and you're dream. like, holy fuck, that yep. was a great animal. So my number five is Little Baby Polar Bear from Crash Bandicoot. Oh, nice. That's a good so, one. Apparently it's called Polar, uh, this little baby polar bear. And Crash basically adopts the polar bear as a pet and occasional transport. And the the one level I remember Polar from is, I don't, this is the problem, I now don't actually know what one it is. I feel like it's two, Cortex Strikes Back, the first time he ever appears, where yeah. you ride him in like the snowy level. I think it's two as well. Yeah, but it was so fun. Like this adorable little, for, for a start, if you don't know what's going on, you walk out of your little, uh, like, you know, warp thingy, and there's just this little cute little Polar Bear looking at you. And then you're like, what's gonna happen next? And then you jump on it, which is slightly unexpected and maybe a bit cruel, but you then, that's the whole level and it's just a really fun awesome level and it was like one of my favorites back in the day and for that reason i'm picking it yeah go for it i, I mean, don't I... recommend riding baby polar bears but no it's not gonna end well for you no but i like it i wouldn't have thought of it actually but you're right like all the animal riding levels in crash were great yeah because there was a tiger one as well and i was nearly picking the tiger um, but then I thought the polar bear has a little bit more of a synonymous thing with Crash and more in the game, I think, than the tiger. Yeah, I think the tiger, and also the tiger's just in, I think he's in the third one and he's only ridden by Coco. Yeah, more like Coco's pet. Pura, yeah. I think it was called. Oh, cute. There's also yeah. a dinosaur, I think you ride a dinosaur. <gasps> yes, yeah, so the dinosaur is called Baby T, which I also thought about putting in, but for me, I think the polar bear, I think the level I spent more time on, and I think just the polar bear just stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's three pets, so it'll be uh, Polar, Pura, and Baby T, which can I just say is an awesome name for a little dinosaur. Um, but the polar bear also appears um, probably similar to the other ones, but it's not as memorable in 
three kart racing titles and has made like many other cameos in the other Crash Bandicoot titles. So Polar is, you know, is appearing and, and doing shit. And I think that's why it's, you know, he's worth mentioning or she, I'm not sure. Um, but I was going to say, like, I don't really have much more to say about this little Polar Bear other than it's adorable and it just reminds me of a good time. Yeah, that's fair. There's not really much to say about this. this no, that was going to be my shortest pick this this week. I think I'm going to have the same thing. I think my first one for the list is also going to be my shortest yeah. one for the list. I do have a couple of facts, though. Nice. Just, uh, just a couple. Uh, my first one is that apparently in Crash Team Racing, Polar was originally intended to share a car with Pura. So meant to be in the same car, Aww. but due to technical limitations, they reached put in their own car, which I do think would be a bit silly. Like, come on, guys. I probably wouldn't put a Polar Bear and a Tiger in the same room. No, that's not going to end well. But maybe you'd get some kind of Polar Tiger hybrid. The Ooh. ultimate death machine. Ooh. Tiger Bear. <laughs> maybe maybe i want someone to draw um, this for me <laughs> but yeah so that's not really that interesting but also apparently in crash team racing the opening cut scene you can see polar in his car and he's reading a book by the way i don't know if this is the remake or the original not sure uh, he's reading a book called how to drive upside down which can i just say is absolutely adorable yeah super cute um but apparently he becomes a taste tester for an unnamed leading ice cream company again don't really know but he becomes um basically this awesome taste tester but only approves fish related ice cream flavors which unique and different in their own regard but yep yeah i mean random fact that is such a random like who when i don't even know what to do with that fact actually i'm not sure there seems to be a lot of lore about polar than we didn't didn't realize existed yeah i i've like i've not really played uh crash team racing either that much um no so I think I wouldn't have witnessed these things, but I'm sad now. I've also got an animal fact for you. Oh, a polar bear most, animal fact. Which most people know, but it's just the one that I could quickly get during our title music, I which like is it. polar bears do actually have black skin, although their fur appears white. It is actually transparent. So it's reflecting all of the white sort of knew, scenery around them, I think. I knew that one about polar bears. It's like the only polar yeah. bear fact I knew, but I liked it. That and one got punched in the face by Brian Blessed. Yes, I heard that too. Yeah. I won't spoil that story for anybody who needs to go no. and witness it. Google it. So that's my number five. I like it. Um, it's a good number five. An mm. unexpected one, but I like it. Um, my one, I don't think you're going to know. So I, again, I don't think it's going to be a crossover today. Okay. I also threw it in last minute. I'd written out another one, and then I just remembered this one today, and I was like, no, this is this is the one instead. So nice. I've gone with um, a tortoise named Betty from Divinity, um, <laughs> Original Sin 2. I've been playing Divinity a lot recently. It's been my game I'm trying to work through slowly. Um, And there's loads of animals in it, um, which are just like normal animals, um, but you can get a specific like power that you can unlock so you can talk to animals. So it's still, they're still animals and they're not like magical in any way. You are the magical thing and you can talk to them. Betty uh, is this giant tortoise who lives in a basement, someone's basement, and you randomly find her. And if you have the power to talk to animals, you find out that she's in love with a rat who lives next door. And uh, great story so far. Betty, Betty would like nothing else other than to woo this this rat. Uh, and this rat is just food obsessed. So you have to like make a trail of food to Betty, and then eventually he gets there, and they fall in love, and they have little hearts, and it's really adorable. And it's like a tiny little quest that you can do 
within Divinity. Um, but it's fantastic. And I loved Betty. Betty talks really slowly like a tortoise, um, but you would expect. Um, it's like really <laughs> deep and slow. But I loved her. I don't really have much else to say about Betty other than it's it's great. I'm not just picturing some weird babies between those two. Yeah, rat turtle. 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 <laughs> I don't know what those babies would look like, but I don't think I want to be anywhere near them. No. And then it's reminding me a bit of uh, the Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. The Ninja Mutant Ninja Turtles, because they're yeah. rats with a bunch of turtles. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird pick. I see what you mean. <laughs> you don't really have much to say other than like there was a tortoise. It loved a rat. And they eventually get together. Yeah, it's a very quick one, but I just I've been playing it so much and to Betty, I just Betty stood out for me. Uh, I even took a picture of Betty, which I can send to you. Um Yes. But she yeah, just I there's a like I said, there's a lot of animals. So most of the animals in Divinity are really fun. They've got weird personalities and there's like magic chickens and things like that in there. Um it's a great game. I'd recommend it. Uh especially if you have the power to talk to animals. I've unlocked that like every time. Um and it's just the best thing I've ever done. Oh, wow. Betty is a fucking honker of a tortoise. Massive. Oh, you found it? Yeah. It's a big lady. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> tiny rat and a very big lady. But um, I like it. I love her. Like I said, a very short one. And I don't even have any um, any real facts for you about Betty. <laughs> That's okay. Because it's just, like I said, I changed it literally last minute. I had facts and I had some stuff for another one, but it was terrible and I decided it was a worse pick. So I went with Betty. Fair enough. Do we get to hear the other pick or will we hear that later on? Um, I guess I could. No, we'll put it in my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. And then I've got one for that. I yeah, that's, that's Betty. Speedy. That's speedy, all right. Speedy love. Speedy, unlike Betty, but... Yeah. Speedy either way. So, my number four. This is my only one where I have picked a species over a particular character, and I hope oh, that that's okay. Yeah. My number four is the Chocobo. <gasps> How have you put this at number four? Because oh! <laughs> I've got other good shit coming soon. You did this on purpose. I know you did. I genuinely didn't. I actually switched this one out about 10 minutes before we started recording because I can tell you who I had in before then. And then suddenly I remembered the Chocobos and I was like, fuck it, well, I can't put it, I don't want to put it further up where I've got all the other good shit going on. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Fine. Um, we can talk about the Chocobos together though. I think this is a good idea because I felt like I was a little bit, I, it was hard to get all of my stuff together in time. So, so you can right. help me, it's all good. What sure. number was this by the way for you? This is my number two. Okay, well, it wasn't your number one, so you can't be that mad. No, it wasn't my number one. But I feel like you're okay. going to take that one from me too. I just know it. Uh, I don't think I will. I don't think I will. Honestly, I think this was the only one that, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Maybe maybe one more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the Chocobo mm -hmm. is a recurring animal in the Final Fantasy series. They're like large avian creatures. Um, they basically act like the equivalent of horses to us because yeah. they're used as mounts, pulling carts and people race them and stuff. Uh, they first appeared in Final Fantasy 2 and have been featured in almost all Final Fantasy games as well as making like cameos in other games. And they're pretty intelligent. Apparently they can understand human language. No. Um, apparently the only one that can talk is the fat Chocobo. <laughs> Otherwise they obviously can't talk, but they're known for their signature queh cry. And one of the reasons that I think I love Chocobos is, well, one, they're adorable. Yeah. 
and lovely and cute. Um, but also I think the main game that I experienced them, and I think a lot of people experienced them more so within was Final Fantasy VII because you were able to, well, you could race them in the Golden Saucer, which was awesome. Yeah. And the whole like breeding aspect of it. So you mm-hmm. could obviously like breed different colors to be able to do different things. And it created this like awesome kind of almost like a mini game kind of activity that you could do as well as the main game. And yeah. I think at that time, I just found that really interesting. And I don't think that they really did much more with that because in Final Fantasy VIII, I don't know if you know this, but I was sort of researching earlier because I haven't played Final Fantasy VIII through properly in ages. And there's no, there's nothing like that, I don't think. There's definitely, they have Chocobo right. forests and they have tasks to do stuff with Chocobos. Mm-hmm. But I think you kind of just get a dance and a few like extras, whereas I don't think you have breeding. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone. I just can't remember. I'm no, I'm playing it now on my Switch. I wouldn't imagine. Like, I wouldn't imagine it would be a number eight. I don't think breeding happens. No. I think there's only one breeding. Like, there's other, like Final Fantasy games. There's a couple other ways. Like nine has um, a whole mini game around it and how you get um, new chocobos and stuff. That again yes. is like one of the only things where it's like you have to do like almost like a separate mini game. But I think it's just seven and nine. Like, I don't think any of the others have mm. large chocobo portions. I know that in a, like, you ride them and you go to, like, Chocobo Forest and you find out, I think that was the first game where you find out a lot about the breeding and you find out about Chickabos. Oh, Chickabos. Which are baby Chickabos. Oh, man. Um, because there is, like, that aspect, but it's not as heavily done with, like, than, than, like you know, compared to Seven. But either way, like, Chocobos have been throughout all of them. And I, I really loved Chocobos in Final Fantasy Fifteen. I loved that you could get chocobos for all of the guys and they could all be different colors and you could customize them and everything i thought that was fantastic and the music yeah. that went along with it they're just they're just something that's so synonymous with the series and they're just lovely and i want one yeah they are great yeah if i could just ride one to work all the time that would be fine yeah so i've got a lot of facts which i won't go into yet if you wanted to talk more about chocobos i was going to open open the room for you because i okay. stole it from you oh thanks um well i've got some facts as well so I'll, if you don't have my facts i'll jump them in as well but um I think the only other extra stuff I had was like around nine. There's a really cool mini game in it, which I used to love playing called Chocobo Hot and Cold, um, in which you ride your Chocobo and then you have to like dig. So he like hits the ground with his beak and says like mm. queer. And then the louder the queer he makes, the more closer it's like hot, like the closer you are to an item and then you can dig it up. And then you have to do that a couple of times. And then I think you have to do it quite a lot. And eventually you earn something and it upgrades your Chocobo and then you can go to like, you can make it to a new area, kind of like with Seven, where the colors of it are for different terrains. So it's like you get a blue one, you can go on sea. Or like yes, a really yeah. dark blue one, you can cross sea rather than being a water kind of deal. Um, and like gold goes everywhere. And that's how you do that in Nine, is you play this mini game of hot and cold and uh, you eventually like upgrade your thing, which I loved doing. Um, the only other thing I had was like that they have their own spin-off games and that they um, have appeared in loads of other games. Like apparently they're in, you can find them in like Dota 2, which has nothing to do with anything. And Yokai Watch, which is like a game on the DS, has nice. some uh, crossover with um, stuff um, and some food. Also, I'd just like to apologize that there's an ice cream van in the background. I, I wonder why I could but... hear. I could hear a tiny like couple of dings. I just thought you were playing sweet, soothing Chocobo music to me. No, <laughs> I'm not that organised. I liked it. Um, and they're on food. If you go to any yes. of the Square Enix cafes, you can get chocobo pancakes or salad. But doesn't not contain real chocobo meat. 
No. No. <laughs> they don't exist. But just so you know, because that makes it sound bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> eat them. You could go here and just eat them down. Chocobo burgers. Although apparently, so this is kind of one of my facts, which I don't know if you have around Paris Games Week. No, I don't um, know. So apparently Paris Games Week, um, they had a food truck to do with, uh, I think it was for Final Fantasy Fifteen coming out. And this food truck had uh, would serve a thing called a choco burger. Right. I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it was a chicken burger. They've called a choco burger, but it's a little bit disturbing. That is a bit disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> so there might have been choco burger in that one. Maybe. Yeah. Well, if you're happy to me, I'll, I can move on to some of my facts. They might, yeah. We might have different ones, so we'll. Yeah. If you don't have any of mine, I'll uh, I'll save them. Yeah. But you might have the ones I have. So this is a bit of a random fact, but apparently um, rules for using chocobos in Dungeons and Dragons was published in the September 2004 issue of Dragon Magazine. So they're like the rules that contain information on if you wanted to basically put chocobos in your in your campaign, which I thought was awesome. Well, this is something just... I need now. Like, <laughs> next time we play D&D, chocobos yeah. for everybody. Yeah, so there is apparently a rule book for that. Nice. Um, so I have some information on kind of the backstory of chocobo. So apparently the chocobo was created and designed by Koichi Ishii, um, the video game director who worked on various Final Fantasy titles um, and apparently it's meant to appear remarkably similar to uh, and inspired by the prehistoric bird Gastornis which when you look at it because they've got like skeletons and stuff of it like fossils mm. you can definitely see the resemblance like very long neck and like big head big beak um, which I think is awesome because I love it when anything is like derived from like real either extinct or current animals. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Google Gastornis and you'll definitely best see the resemblance. Which also leads me to the other potential inspiration for Chocobo, which is uh, actually Hayao Miyazaki's horse claws from Norse Cavalli of the Wind. So it's from the anime and the manga. So if you Google horse claws. Miyazaki, like when you look at them, or if you've seen the movie, you'll know they look very Chocobo esque. Um, and apparently, oh, the creator yeah. has also cited the, that movie as a general inspiration to the game, anyway. So I'm pretty sure that's like confirmed. Yeah, that's cool. Oh yeah, um, I'm looking at Gastornis and I see it. And now you mentioned Noska, they they are very similar. Yeah, big red like birds, big beak, long neck. Um, mm -hmm. And the name Chocobo apparently derives from a Japanese brand of chocolate malt ball by Moringa. Uh, chocoball which i've also googled and i don't quite see the resemblance in that bird because that weird looking bird but i think maybe that's where the name came from yeah um chocoburo or something and apparently the bird says que so i don't know what que means but oh so i have a fact around que oh well that's more continue on of that of that fact because i had that one and then yeah so uh there's the way a q is like how to, a rough way to say eat in japanese oh. um and then you have a casual form of it which is basically like it um right. so it kind and it basically means let's scoff down which comes from que so they basically you get to que which makes sense for the bird about uh food if it's a bird yeah. selling food so you can kind of see how they get there que. that makes sense yeah nice combined fact my only other fact which probably, you probably don't have which is a bit of a weird one is apparently there's a stardew valley texture mod where it replaces the horse sprite with a chocobo oh, i need that one yeah, I know, right? But it was actually made by Chucklefish user Kitsune Soon. I think that's how you say it. Oh. That's how I'm saying it. Nice. Yeah, and that's it. So what more facts have you got? Um, So you've pretty much covered all my facts. Um, So I pretty much just had the etymology of the name and where it comes from and then the queer bit. And then, yeah, my food truck fact about the Chocoburgers. Yeah. 
nice. that was it. But um, yeah, cool. Chocobos are just awesome. Like it's hard not to like Chocobos. Yeah. Um, there's not really much else to say other than that. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. I like I'm with the different colours. Yeah, they're cute. I like them. That's pretty much going to be the thing nice, of this episode. Nice birds. <laughs> Very nice birds. So far, we've had a nice polar bear, a tortoise, a bird. What are we going to have next? What is your number four? So my number four is probably not such a nice creature, but will bring back many fond memories, I think, for you as well. (laughs) Um, So I've gone with the grizzly bears from Red Dead Redemption. And Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, So the reason I've gone with this is because I feel like they've done such a good representation of bears and how terrifying it would be if a bear came at you in the wild. (laughs) I love this pic. This is great. So I feel like whenever I've been watching like my friends play Red Dead 2 and then from my experience playing Red Dead, um, like whenever you come across a bear, it's a oh shit moment. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to come across these things. It's going to be a fight. Like it's going to be difficult. Um, I remember watching uh, one one of our guys from work had a pit, like he sent us all a video of him casually strolling up to this cabin in the woods thinking, oh, I wonder what's this thing. And a bear comes out of it. And it's then like a 30 minute thing between this guy and this bear. Like just running around, <laughs> running away from it, because um, they can kill you. Apparently, so Marsden in the first Red Dead Presumption, your main character, bears can kill you in like two hits. Um, and if you come across one in like multiplayer area, they can kill you in one. So they're just they're just little tank creatures, and I don't know what it is about them, but I just like games that have wildlife running around them. You know what I mean? And also, wildlife yeah. can be a bit of a threat because. That's kind of normal. Do you know what used to get me in, in Red Dead Redemption? One, mostly, because I haven't played much of two, um, is the cougars. I think it was oh, the cougars yeah. or the mountain lions, whatever the hell they were. Because you would just hear, like, they would make this noise. And I think it was quite a realistic noise. Yeah. Um, you would hear it, and the next second, you're fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was terrifying. <laughs> so that was the thing. Like, apparently, the cougars, uh, the cougars run faster than your character. So they'll mm. just catch you. Bears, apparently, you run a little bit faster than, so you can kind of run away. You just end up on a half an hour chase. Yeah. You just keep running because you just can't run away fast enough. Um, but yeah, so cougars, yeah, cougars were a nightmare. This is why I didn't really like the cougars because it would be more like, I'm dead. This is just going to be annoying and I'm dead. Whereas the grizzly bear, I feel like it was more of a, I don't know, it was going to be a battle and one of you it would come more... out the victor. Yeah, like it was exciting. Yeah, exactly. And it was kind of fun. So one of the other reasons I picked this was because I just remember our fateful multiplayer day of our trip up the mountain. And I can't remember if we've ever talked about this before. Maybe once or twice, but I feel like it needs to be spoken about. We'll talk about it again. So me and Nikki decided to play uh, Red Dead, the first one, online together. This Um, was like PS3 days. Like This was before online gaming really felt like a thing for us, at least. Yeah, so this was like one of the first games we managed to play together um but it was also one of the things that felt a bit more sandboxy and open so it was kind of fun yes. so we were making our own fun and we decided that we had to steal a cart we uh after a while successfully stole a cart and then we were like well where should we take our fateful cart uh so we thought the best idea for it would be to try and drive it up this mountain that we found <laughs> it took us 
I don't know how long it took us to get up that mountain with the car, but it was a very long time. It felt like a lifetime. It felt like forever. We eventually made it to the top of this mountain and we're feeling, we're feeling good. We're like, we've done it. This was successful journey. Look at us go. We are now cowboys. Yeah. We've stolen yeah. things. We've made it to the top of the mountain. Right outlaws that we were. And then out of nowhere, a bear appears. Just... <laughs> Out of the back of this cave on the top of the mountain, this bear comes along, kills us dead very quickly. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. And then uh, and then we were just like, well, fuck. And then we get spawned back at the bottom. And that was that was kind of the end. That bear. No cart. Cart no gone. Cart. Bear gone. Everything gone. Everything gone. Hours. Hours gone. <laughs> Hours spent climbing up that mountain. I see why this bear is in your list. It has clearly had a big impact on you. It has. And I always remember that time that we were playing that. And I always remember we then, I think we then tried to return to the top of the mountain to kill the bear as vengeance. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We went went looking for the bear in revenge. Um, You bear. I think he killed us like three times and we gave up. Probably. The bear won. Yeah. The bear won. We we knew who was the, the, you know, (laughs) the true master of the mountain. Yeah. It wasn't us. Nope. That was it. Uh, so we learned that day so many things. Uh, never, never seek revenge on a bear. <laughs> it's not going to go well. Um, yeah, so that's why I like them because it was just like they were just these little. He was minding his own business. He didn't want us to drive a cart to the top of the mountain, <laughs> but we did it, and he killed us for it. And I, I have mean, to respect yeah. that bear. I can just imagine his little thought pattern. I mean, I know he's not real, but coming out of the cave, just being like, what the fuck is going on out here? And he just sees us just dancing around, just being so happy we reached this mountain like fools. And he's just like, fuck this. Get off my lawn. I'm taking him down. (laughs) I like that. I I assume that he has such a high thought pattern in a game that probably was not that complex. I mean, I like it. We're going to pretend forevermore that he he knew exactly what he was doing. Um... (laughs) But yeah, so that's kind of the bit. Again, I don't really have much to say about them. Um, you can do a lot with them in the game. Like if you do actually manage to kill them, you are supposed to. They are a part of like the hunting side of the game where you can go around and hunt animals uh, and skin them. And then I think you can turn their skins into outfits and stuff for yourself. Much like, you know, real life if you were doing that in that kind of time and era um, as cowboys. But um, yeah, they're quite tough little things. And I feel like everyone sees them and goes, oh, it's fine. It's a bear. I can kill that. And then they immediately crush you. And that's why I like them. Reminds me a bit of the bears in The Witcher as well, actually. I thought I could take on a bear quite early on in the game. I was yeah. wrong. Yeah. You just can't take on bears. Um, so it's a good one. Um, I don't I don't have many facts. The only fact that I had for these bears um, was the in the Undead Nightmare DLC version or the extra game yes. you could get. Yeah. Uh, you do actually get undead bears. Um, so even more terrifying. Zombie bears. That is nightmarish. Yeah, so I'm just going to leave you on that thought. Okay, nice. Yeah, that was my number cool. four. Good pick. Thanks. So my number three, is that what we're on? Yep. Is a bit of a random one. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the dog from Dragon Age Origins. Oh, interesting. So dog is the default name of the Melmabari Warhound, which is basically like a type of dog in the Dragon Age universe. And you can rename the dog. The dog doesn't have to just remain dog, but obviously whatever that dog is, it's, you know, still the same dog. Yeah. Um, so I tried to find a bit of a backstory to this because I couldn't quite remember exactly how you get the dog. 
But from what I remember, and from what I've researched very quickly online, is you'll either start with the dog, if you're a noble person, or I think you can obtain the dog at some kennels when you go to, I think it's Ostagar, um, and apparently like the dog was there fighting and then the kennel master asked you to get some uh, like remedy for the dog because the dog's accidentally ingested blood and has like is has the taint which is what kind of like the darkspawn have i always like compare the darkspawn to kind of like the white walkers in game of thrones if anyone doesn't know yeah. um and so the dog like was infected and so you had to like get the thing for the dog to make it better like the herbs and the dog can become yours or the dog already is, is yours depending on what story you've picked and dragon age you can pick um like your origin story whether you're at the circle of magi in a tower or you're in like a posh castle or you're just living in a forest like an elf either way you get this dog and this dog is just lovely he becomes a full party member so you can pick him to be in your group not everybody did i think like i try to get the dog in with me every now and again not all the time but just at least occasionally yeah because he's just adorable and or she depending on obviously what you want to call your dog um doesn't really matter I think dog is generally unisex, but you can have dog in your party. The dog's quite aggressive and quite good at fighting as yeah. well, which is cool. And has like exclusive equipment, has its own talent tree. But the best thing about dog, in my opinion, is so you have a camp um, where you tend to go to like after big battles or you can just go to your camp. It's just on the map. You can just select it. And that's where all of your other party members are and they all hang out and you can all talk to them. Normally a cutscene tends to happen every now and again, and it can either be between your party members or whatever, uh, or you, but the dog dialogue with everybody, including yourself, is just amazing. I don't know if you remember this. I know you played Dragon Age Origins. So I'd forgotten about Dog until you started talking about him. And I remember how much I love Dog. Dog was in my party. <laughs> Genuinely used yeah. Dog all the time. And I would go and see him. He'd be like the only one that I wanted to go and see at the camp. <laughs> I didn't hey, really romance anybody in Origins. I think I did eventually just out of like, oh, I might as well. But Dog yeah. was the one that I was like always like, I'm going to go talk to Dog. See how he is doing. There was just something so lovely about this dog. Yeah. And the Mavari are generally like you fight them. Like you can fight other types of Mavari. Like I think they have dark spawn Mavari and, and stuff like that. So, you, you know, generally like they're not always seen as like good. But the fact that you have this one as a pet who is like big and aggressive and can fucking kill you if they wanted to. Um, just being so cute and so lovely and so loyal to you is just so wonderful. And the dialogue between like, I think Alistair and the dog has amazing dialogue yes i remember that in the sense that it's really cute and alistair is like adorable with the dog but then also morrigan's dialogue with the dog is also equally hilarious despite the fact that she doesn't like the dog so her dialogue is funny in that regard sten's dialogue who's kind of like the uh kunari kind of a little bit emotionless mm -hmm. uh guy his conversations are fantastic i think there's one part where he's like barking they're barking at each other um and then Sten ends up just being like yes you are a noble warrior so whatever they did like whatever they were doing like Sten obviously was like yes you are a fine combatant um and there's just like yeah lots of the conversations also you can ask dog to get you stuff I think I think you can ask dog so like I think outside like of camp and stuff not while he's injured you can ask him to just like search random stuff for you and he'll run off and then he'll come back and it'll be little things like health or um, I think there's like limited amount of items he can get mm. you, which is also awesome. Nice. Um, and there's also a, a funny thing where I think it's like a feast day pranks thing. I don't know what that was. I always had it in my um, in my inventory where you get something called the protective cone, 
where the dog can basically wear like the cone of shame for <laughs> comic effect or just you know yeah which is also quite funny that's cute um but yeah i've got a couple of facts i don't really have much more to say like the dog is just it's just one of those really lovely companions that you can have there's not really much more to say other than that the di- the dialogue is for me is what makes dog amazing so if you haven't played dragon age like you're in for a treat if you want to if you want to meet dog do you get dog in any of the other dragon ages because i've only played um, the origins no the dog is just in origins from what i remember i'm sad about that because yeah like i said i love dog and you're right like it's just the people interacting with the dog is great um yeah and seeing them kind of like half just great great banter it's just it's yeah. just fantastic um yeah, so one of my facts is that apparently, uh, so well, apparently it's a long-standing joke among regulars of the um, official Origins forum is that Dog's official name was actually Rabbit, apparently, oh. um, which was used as an example name by Mary Kirby, and he's still occasionally referred to as Rabbit, which is odd, and I don't get it, but fair enough. Yeah, all right. Um, and apparently, people have also given him a funny name. It might this might have come from Alistair, I can't remember, but it also appears in Heroes of Dragon Age and the Darkspawn Chronicles, which I think one of them is a game on your phone, I don't know what the other one is, um, where he's referred to as Barkspawn, which I think is adorable. <laughs> Barkspawn's a great name. Um, but yeah, like I guess I said, this one's a bit of a, an odd one, just mostly because there's not really much else to say other than he's a dog and yeah. he helps you fight. He's aggressive, but he also has some great dialogue, despite the fact that he can't talk. It's a good one. It's a good entry. I think this is just going to be it for now. Um, which there's just not much <laughs> to say about some animals. So I have a dog fact because this is what I'm doing for each of mine. If it's a real world animal, I'll give you a fact. Man, now I need to go um, find a tortoise and a bear. That's okay. You you told me because I'm an animal person, I've got to get the facts. So All don't right. worry, you'll let off the hook. Sweet. So apparently a study at UCSD claims that your dog can genuinely get jealous when they see you display affection for another creature. <laughs> I feel like that is very believable because it's like, you know, you see those things of like people who have dogs and then get with partners like after the dog yeah. and they like are trying to smooch and stuff on the sofa or whatever. And the dog's like, what the hell's going on? I want to be a part of this. Who the hell are you? <laughs> what you doing there? Yeah. yeah. And kind of try and cut in. So I see that. It's I, just, I can see yeah. that. I just thought it was funny. That uh, that's, that's my only dog fact. So. I liked it. A good dog fact yeah that's my number three nice all right then uh so my number three and i've gone with again the same as you did i've gone with a species rather than a, mm-hmm. a specific kind of animal but they appear in a, in mostly across the series um i've gone for the cuckoos from zelda nice all the those aggressive little fuckers those aggressive little fuckers exactly so this is a reoccurring animal in the Zelda series. They're basically chickens. Um, they look exactly like chickens, but apparently they're not chickens. Um, they're found mostly in like villages and towns and the castles and stuff that you get. Um, they're pretty much in, I want to say like almost every Zelda game, there's some form of cuckoo. Mm-hmm. Um they're normally pretty just docile creatures just wandering around the towns and villages. Um, but as Nikki said, they can be aggressive as fuck. So if uh, if you're Link and you attack them with your sword enough a few times, they will become enraged and they will peck Link to death. They will just bombard you. But they all bodies. go crazy, don't they? That's the, what's the weird thing about them is it's like a group mentality. Yeah. So you attack one and then if you enrage one of them, he'll kill Cuckoo. And uh, 
thousands will appear and murder you and they'll kill you quite quickly. They are strong and you can't attack them back. The only way you can do it is escape. You literally have to run away and hide. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah. Uh, I like that you've included bears and cuckoos on this list, but you've included <laughs> something that scares you. I like that. Well, I think, you know, they're just the chickens. And I mean, to be fair, in Zelda as well, you can use them for other purposes. Like quite a lot of the time, if you don't attack them with their sword, like I said, they're very docile. They're just kind of wandering around and um, you can grab them. And if you jump off of cliffs and stuff, you can use them to glide around because they'll like fly basically. Yes. Um, so that's the kind of difference between chickens and cuckoos actually. And that kind of leads into one of my facts. My only fact, actually, um, is that in the Breath of the Wild, um, there's a guy called Cade. And if you talk to him, he basically states that a cuckoo that can't fly would just be a glorified chicken, uh, indicating that in some somewhere in the Zelda world, chickens exist as a species. Oh, yeah. Interesting. But yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't remember cuckoos in Breath of the Wild. So they're in, they're mostly in Kakariku Village. Um Oh, yeah, of course, because you do actually use them to fly around a bit like you do in the original Kakariki Village in Yes, Obrina. and there's like a little, uh, I think there's a quest around in Breath of the Wild that you can do, which is you have to collect up, again, like, it's the same quest, I think, in every one that has, like, normal 3D yeah. seconds. If you go around, pick them all up and put them back in their pen and return them to their owner. Um, I think in Breath of the Wild as well, you get cooking ingredients, so you can, if you hit them just once with your sword, they'll poop out an egg and you can grab an egg from them um i can't remember in breath of the world i assume if you hit them enough times they will attack you just like they yeah do the i other think ones. i feel like we all learn our lesson in ocarina of time so like everyone that's played that game is just like okay <laughs> not gonna try it this time but now i'm curious and now i want to go have a look yeah i need to do it i've been really wanting to play breath of the world again recently as well so um this will be the thing that draws me back in um Again, oh, I, we're going to say it like for everyone, but I don't really have much else to say about cuckoos. They appear, like I said, in most of the Zelda games. They are just in, if not all of them. You can get slightly different colours. Um, most of the time they are just white. Um, I think the ones in the Breath of the Wild have a bit more like chicken rooster colours. They're a bit more brownie. Um, I swear there's, blue, there's a blue one as well. There's a blue one in Ocarina. I think you have to... He's like a pocket chocobo as well. He's smaller. Oh, yes, that's Chocobo, chocobo. Yeah. Um and you pick him up and you have to take him. I think he's around the Gorons. I think the Gorons want him. Something like that. Yeah. It's definitely like a little thing to get an extra sword I or think, something. I feel like that's also the one that you wake up Malin's dad with. Maybe is also blue because you like hatch the egg. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. You do have to do a bunch of hatching and stuff for one of them. Yeah. And I think there are in... You have to do something with them in Majora and I can't remember. Um, you can get gold chukus in one of the games as well and i can't remember what that one's from um but yeah you can get like slightly different colors and slightly different things and like i said there's quite a lot of um different like very small quests to get extra stuff around them so they are they do play a big part in games and stuff like that um yeah but yeah they're basically just glorified chickens <laughs> i remember um one of the scariest things that happened to me in ocarina of time when i first experienced that was i was at lon lon ranch and I remember I was just cutting the grass. Like I was literally just cutting grass. I wasn't trying to be like a dick or anything. And I didn't know about like the cuckoos attacking you at this point. And yeah, so there was me just like happily cutting grass and I accidentally obviously hit one, but didn't realize. And suddenly I was just being fucking murdered by this like <laughs> fucking gang of chickens. And I was just being like, no, help me up. So then I was trying to like fight them. 
and then that wasn't working so i remember just like cowering away and just now i like stay the fuck away from them yeah <laughs> i'm like i don't trust you guys and they nearly killed me i know right they're terrifying cut the grass i think um you can talk they've got a bit more of a thing in uh, twilight princess um due to ha- like link having a wolf form um when he's in his wolf form link oh, can yeah. speak with the cuckoos and there's like a whole leader um of the chuckos or cuckoos what are they called i wrote it down as well like how to pronounce it and it's like um cuckoos Cuckoo. i thought it was cuckoos cuckoos k-o-o-k-o-h is how it said to pronounce it oh i thought it was cuckoos like c-u-c-k-o-o-s that's how you spell it yes but um the way you pronounce it's it pronounced coco basically so let's say like cuck then i don't think it's cuck <laughs> definitely nobody being cucked here no um <laughs> but yeah so um apparently they behaved slightly differently in twilight princess as well um when being attacked rather than swarming around um link you can uh, take control of it you can control the chicken if you hit him so it's like the only game where they don't attack you right okay and i think i remember doing that in a uh, twilight princess but it's been a long time since i played that game yeah i just need them to bring out the remix on um the hd version on switch and my life will be complete oh same yeah i've replayed that in a second i want wind waker on switch that's still my one thing that i want in my life you need to you should just come over and play it on my wii u it's great Richard, you're only you're only a little walk away now. I'll be be there in a minute. <laughs> we'll be around second. Um, but yeah, so that's my number three. Uh, the cool guys. Nice. I feel like you're gonna hate me for my next pick. <sighs> What's he done? I just maybe I should have put this number one, and we wouldn't have had so many like conflicts. But I didn't, and now I think that you're gonna get mad. My number two is a Poda from Zelda. Nope. <gasps> What? You normally, you picked a pony number four, so I was hoping that you wouldn't pick her for this. Yeah, exactly. Apona was in my companions episode, so I didn't yeah. pick her for this one. Nice. And I don't think we're going to have a crossover again, so that's good. Nice. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad Apona got mentioned. So Apona is, obviously we're going from Zelda to Zelda. Yep. Uh, Apona is a fictional horse in the Legend of Zelda series of video games. And she first was shown, well, occurred in Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And she normally acts as the steed for Link. Uh, the main protagonist but I'm mostly going to be talking about Epona specifically in Ocarina of Time because personally I think that that's like her origin story and to me that was where I kind of like absolutely fell in love with her yeah so you basically go you meet her first when you're a child um she's a filly at the London Ranch and is being looked after by a young girl called Malin who Malin definitely has the hots for Link we know oh that. god yeah even even as a kid she was like she loved him um and opponent's like really afraid of you at first. So you're like, you know, she'll literally just run away from you. You can't even get anywhere near her. But Malin teaches you a song that attracts opponent to you. And then it's sort of like then on your device for kind of summoning her, which sounds really, really bad. And I'd like to think that she does actually like you and you're not just sort of commanding her via this song. First. <laughs> Some kind of mind control <laughs> on your horse. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I hope it's not my control, but this is a this is a Pona's song, and for me, a Pona's song is one of the loveliest songs in Zelda, and it's one of my favourites. Yeah, and it always makes me really emotional, and um, and I think it's actually it's a part of the song that kind of plays at Long Long Ranch, right? Like I think the yeah. background music it has that kind of 
ditty, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can kind of constantly hear her singing it, I think. Yeah. So yeah, once you use a Pona song, like, a Pona is like stuck to you. She just, she loves you at that point. Um, and like Malin sort of says that Epona is generally really shy, but she's obviously taking a liking to Link um, while you after you've learned that song. And uh, and when you're, spoilers for a game that's really, really old, um, you're transported <laughs> into the future when that eventually happens. Uh, Epona is suddenly like a full grown mare and she can, you know, Link rides her and she's like your companion in the game. And she'll come obviously when you play the song and this sort of relationship and Epona herself, like is kind of now synonymous with the game series you know she's in twilight princess uh breath of the wild sort of I'll explain that in a minute uh what else is she in um, majora's mask is she in twilight oh you said twilight um she wouldn't be in skies because that's all like flying but no and she's I in like a lot in wind waker either because that's sailing so no. but anyway like it's she's very much like you get link you get a pona um in most yeah. in most worlds anyway if there's land to ride then you're going to get her. Yes. But speaking of Breath of the Wild, so you can get a Pona in Breath of the Wild, but you have to summon her via an amiibo, which yeah. is really shite. But luckily, um, luckily our friend did uh, like lend me her Switch at one point in time and she did have the amiibos. And so I was able to get a Pona. But if I wasn't, I would have been well annoyed. Oh, yeah. I So I don't have a Pony on mine because I don't have any amiibos mm. or anything. Um, so I was sad. I, I picked a horse that looked very similar. That was about all. Yes, and, and names, then, named him. Yeah. yeah, and then I found I could get Ganon's horse, so I've just forever been riding Ganon's yes. horse. Oh yeah, of course. To be honest with you, I tend to just stick with Ganon's horse um, because it's like an absolute tank. It is massive. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can get a pony, but obviously it's kind of a bit. Which I don't know. I always question them for that. I was like, I don't know why they didn't want to have a pony in there as, as herself. I don't. Yeah, like, like naturally, people, without without having to summon her on an amiibo. Yeah, she would have been a great like mythical horse to get because there's like three magically kind of special horses that you can get in Breath of the Wild. One is Ganon's horse, the yeah. big horse. Another one is Zelda's horse, isn't it? Yes, the white horse, which I have, and then the other one yeah. is there's like a fairy horse, which is like blue and you can only get at certain times of the day. Um, which I I'm found. Sure I get that. Uh, one time, apparently it doesn't spawn very often, I found it and I thought, because it looks like, you know the bunnies in Breath of the Wild that you're supposed to fire an arrow at and they give out um, gems? Yeah. Um, they look. It looks like that. It's the same as that. It's the same blue and it's got, like, basically got horns on that's kind of like those bunny ears. Oh, cool. um, so I shot it because I thought, well, this looks like the thing that I get coins out of. Oh, I found God. a magical mystery one and I was oh, shooting God. it for ages and chasing it around and I couldn't, like, do anything. You killed it. So I didn't kill it. It just disappeared because oh. it just kind of appears for a few hours a day and then disappears again. Um, and I didn't get it. And then I looked it up afterwards and it was like, this is a rare horse. And I was like, God damn it. I've never it found been a horse since. And I was just like, Absolutely traumatic to have been like, yes, this is this awesome fairy horse. Shoot it. Shoot it with arrows until it's mine. And then you end up coming across it and realizing what it is. And it's just like massacred. And you're like, what have I done? Well, I thought it would give me like some special yeah. award because it looked like all the other things I shoot for things. Like that makes sense. Why is she shooting me? Yeah, in fact, what instead, have I done? To her? She just jumped on it and made it mine. But um, oh yeah. my god, that's hilarious! So if you ever find well, it, then. don't shoot it. <laughs> that horse. The great reason you've never seen it again is because it's avoiding you like the plague. Yeah, it's just like fuck that. I'm not going near her. Um, but yeah, so it would have been really cool if Apanya was one of those horses that you just 
have to do some kind of side quest for or something for or find her in the wild somewhere. Yeah, you just, just said her name. What? Repeat, repeat that again, the name. My name. You say it differently to me. I do. I know you say Epona. And it is Epona. I just say Eponia because it's just been the way no, I've said it. No, it's fine. I just, I just, it was one of those, I heard it and I was like, I just, just, just to clarify. It's not. Um, it's, I'm wrong. I'm fully aware that I'm wrong. I just always I'm say not, it. I'm not calling you wrong. I just wanted to clarify because no, no, I, I was wrong. You're not calling me wrong. I just know that it is wrong. It's not the way you should say it. I like to bring these things up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, so... Another fact I've got is something that we've already mentioned before. So it's a bit of a regurgitated fact, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that Epona is named after the Celtic goddess of horses and fertility. Uh, it's built from the Celtic word epos, meaning horse. We all know that by now. This should be in a Game Tour 5 quiz that we did at the end of the year. <laughs> Many of our facts. That is something we're doing. End of the year quiz. We like biz yeah. fact quiz of the year, but game quiz. Oh, that's such a great idea. Um... The other fact I have, which is really interesting, um, is that apparently in Skyward Sword, it's thought that the similar coloration and the bond with Link is potentially going to be like of the, the crimson lofting that you have. So in, in Skyward Sword, you basically give a bird and you create this bond with this bird. And that's the crimson lofting. And so people think that like a pony is a reincarnation of the crimson lofting. Uh, so obviously Skyward Sword's like beginning of time in yeah. the Zelda timeline which is really confusing so yeah it's thought that she is like a reincarnation of that bird which is interesting and maybe not true but I just thought it was quite a cool little fact I like it I mean it makes kind of sense there's a lot of reincarnation around uh in the yeah. Zelda timelines of the red Mr. Yeah. red dragon and all sorts so it makes sense but yeah I think the reason the reason I picked Pona is just because it's just really nice to have a companion in a game like that and I think in for me Ocarina of Time especially like Pona was always kind of like that comfort you know when you're like playing a game and you can see you've just gone through like a really hard dungeon and you're just a bit like oh and having like a pony there with you it just kind of gives you that safety blanket and i think that's what animals do really really nicely in a lot of these games is kind of just being that companion and, yeah. and that source of comfort in my opinion yeah especially in like you said especially when they're more of a companion than just a random animal for wandering around like yeah like you said they are just a nice comfort i actually have been really tempted to try and replay ocarina recently and just do it as like a i'm gonna be not moving for like three days and i just play all of it so maybe oh, i'll just dream i know we should do it we should stream it and just have some days off and we'll just we should do all of the zelda yes that's a good idea but then, yeah that's my that's my number two nice i like it um i don't really have a number two because somebody stole it oh, yeah um, Sorry. Do you have a backup you want to put in there? Yeah, so what I can do is do my original number five rather than what the Betty yeah. took. Um, so I have stuff written about you, it. Betty. Damn it, Betty. Um, so I've gone with um, the deer from a game called The Deer God. I don't know if you're playing this. <laughs> no, so sorry, let's. I took it out like completely off guard there because it was just going to be like this random deer I saw in this game. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> This year. He was pleasant and uh, I fed him some berries and that was it. Sorry, go on. The Deer God. The Deer God. Um, so Deer God was, I think, a game I got free on like Xbox One or something like that when it first came out. It was like one of the first games I had. It's like a little 3D-ish pixel adventure kind of survival game in which you play as a deer. Um, 
it's it's a weird story. There's a lot of like philosophical kind of stuff around this game. Um, but basically, it starts off that you're a hunter, and in the distance is a deer, and you take aim, and then as you're taking aim, you're suddenly attacked by wolves and killed, and then you are reincarnated <laughs> as this deer, and this is the deer that you play as. And basically, the the deer god appears and speaks to you, and basically tells you that you must now repent and learn from your mistakes. So it's a little bit like already quite dark starting uh, on this game. And a lot of the game is just you as a deer running around jumping. You start as like a little weak baby deer and it's uh, like avoiding enemies and things like this. And it's mostly platforming and stuff. Um, You've got like a stamina bar, which you need to keep from running empty. Um, You can eat like fruit and stuff like this. It's basically just keeping this deer alive. It's like a little bit survivally. If you, I think if you run your, uh, your stamina down or something else, then you, you just like get put back on your um like a checkpoint your last save point but if you die you like completely die and you have to restart all over again as like a weak baby deer so the idea is you kind of get to a certain point as far as you can and then you kind of come back a little bit stronger each time so you don't want to die die you just want to like almost go to sleep and then you wake up and you're a bit stronger it's a weird kind of game um the reason i didn't even include it and so i didn't put anything is it gets quite boring quite quickly that's the only thing about mm-hmm. it is it's one of those games where you play it and you think oh this is cool like there's a bit to it but it just gets quite tiring after a while like it's quite difficult to progress um apparently i learned that you can get powers and stuff and you can shoot stuff and like fireballs and things but they're really difficult to get hold of um yeah and it's the thing and i think you just you lose your drive to finish it before you get to like that kind of point um and it does answer like there's lots of questions and lots of like like i said it's very philosophical questions that you get asked during this game but you can't be bothered to uncover any of the like answers to them because you just get bored yeah. of it. um so the way i can't be bothered to be a deer anymore it's done with being a deer it's, it's what you expect from being a deer i think is the best way to describe this game. <laughs> deer simulator yeah pretty much but no um i think you can even be a good deer and you get some powers or an evil deer oh that's half of evil and i always wanted to be an evil deer just like goring hunters as they go past just that actually the idea of that terrifies me like imagine i mean i know we get we get deer in this country surprisingly we have some animals left in this in this country um and the idea of an evil deer just it's absolutely frightening to be honest right that would be a great like terrible b-movie horror film oh, it would. it's probably already out there go go it yeah we'll google it um in fact, i'll do that right now as we talk about it but yeah so i've not really even got any facts the game doesn't even have a wikipedia page um so it was very difficult oh. to try and remember it or well, i'm um, sure the game developers are very complimented that you mentioned it in our podcast i say that like anyone actually listens to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they're not listening. But if you are, if you are, we got you. We we know what you've got, dear God. You're um, welcome. Yeah, it was made. Um, it was made by Crescent Moon Games. So if you're listening from Crescent Moon Games, then uh, we got you. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for. Steph couldn't be bothered to finish you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Your game was too boring for me after a while, but it was great, and I mentioned it. Um, so I found. <laughs> So I've had a horror movie. I've moved on. I've had a okay. horror movie about a deer. 
Okay. Um, What's it called? Oh, it might not be about a deer. So it's it's called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, it's about the killing of a deer. Well, that's... Okay. But I don't even <laughs> kind of like the game. Uh, but I actually think it's just one of those names that don't mean what it says. So I don't actually think there's anything about a deer in it. I think I mean, personally, I think a movie that's called Killing of a Sacred Deer, I would expect that to be about the killing of a sacred deer. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no? It's, I don't even think there's a deer in it. I think it's just like one of those weird names. Um, Wait, let me find, because there's pictures. There's pictures of a thing. Um, <laughs> there's, an, uh, there's a deer in The Evil Dead 2. That comes There is, it. yes. That's uh that's the only picture I can find of any of a deer looking pretty evil. Um Well That's good. Less evil deers the better. Yeah, so you know, there's not one. So we can make one and make a fortune. I've decided. Okay, well that's the game that we're gonna add to the list of games that we're gonna make. Yep. Uh so yeah, that's my my terrible number two. What okay, is cool. number well, that's one? fine, that was a backup. Well we're oh, doing wait, our no, mentions honorable first. Honorable mentions, yeah, sorry. This this thing that we put in a while ago that we always say that we're going to do and we always forget. Yep. Um, my honorable mentions, my first honorable mention is um, probably one that I didn't include because actually they're quite annoying and they're probably a little bit anthropomorphic, um, which is, this isn't even his name, but this is what I call him, is Small Fry from Wind Waker, who I think is just called the fish guy. Oh, and he makes that noise. What is he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have need to find the noise because it's a, uh, right. Let me let me do this. Let me because I just feel like I can't talk about him without without making the noise. But anyway, he's a little fish guy that pops up um, when you go to like a new place in Wind Waker and offers to like fill in your map for you, which is very nice and very very kind. <laughs> very kind of him. Very kind. He's a little, bit, he's a little bit scary. Um, I can't even find the noises, so maybe we'll just input it here. Maybe we won't. It doesn't matter either way. He's weird, but I didn't include him. Uh, next one is Angelo from FF8, which was a dog. It was Renoa's dog. And I think it was like a... What sort of dog is that? Oh, I can't even remember. Um... Oh, this, this is my... My interventions are going shite, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angelo was kind of like a German Shepherd, but not. <laughs> Unknown dog. So anyway, he was cute. Yeah. But I just didn't want to include him on the list. And also my third one, which I hope are gonna go better than my other ones, is Mr. Chu from Borderlands 3, which is Flax, Pet, and Companion, where you basically summon to help you in fights. It's basically a special ability. Mr. Chu could take on many forms though, whether it be a skag or a weird monkey thing or a spider and maybe something else, I can't remember. Um and that's quite a cool creature. But the reason I didn't include Mr. Chu in this list is because I couldn't really find out any information about Mr. Chu, weirdly enough. Even despite the fact that he's like a pivotal part of Flax's character, couldn't yeah. find fucking anything. So I was like, meh, fuck it. Um, that's my terrible list of honorable mentions where I've just not given you any information at all. <laughs> I loved it, I have to say. Um, this is why I have to script all of my choices, because if I don't, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I don't even really have any horror, horrible mentions. I horrible? Don't have any- <laughs> you got some, got some horrible mentions on the game? Some, some horrible Mine were pretty horrible, to be honest. Um, yeah, so, so who did I think of? Um, to part them from the deer. Oh, um, the goat from Goat Simulator. He's just a normal Oh, goat. yeah. I mean, apart from he becomes a demon. But... He does eventually become a bit of a weird one. But most of the time, he just spends his life as an actual goat. Um, That's so true. Like he's probably worth the mention. Um, and then... Yeah, there's just a lot of like, quite a lot of games have dogs, you know. Any any game we yes. have a dog. That's oh, weird. the dog from Fable. I'd like to mention. Oh yeah, actually. he's a good one to mention. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'm a bit worried that there's another dog that'll be in number one, so I won't talk about it now. Um, but yeah. Okay. Speaking of my number one, wait, wait <laughs> which I don't think is. Oh ah. I might have found. I might have found the the noise. Oh, from fish? Yeah, I found it. Okay. Let me uh, just go back a second. Uh, uh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's meant to be saying hoy, but it's definitely great. Yeah, he, the, the text he says when he pops up is hey, uh, hoy, small fry. Yeah, that's why I called him Small Fry, I think. Yeah. Because he calls you. Oh, just before I got. I just realised I also forgot my horse fact. Oh, yeah, what's your horse fact? Uh, Horses can't burp or vomit. There you go. They can't, and they get a thing called colic if you give them anything poisonous, which is basically where their stomach flips over, I think. Quality organisation in this podcast episode. No, sound effects and facts come much later than the, the same thing. <laughs> just thrown in there whenever they think, which means it's impossible for me to edit them into an actual spot. So nah. um, it's fine. You just get it as it comes in out of our brains. <laughs> so are we ready for my number one? Okay, number one. So my number one is, is probably what you expected, is dog meat from Fallout. Yep, that is what I said. That's what you expected. When I said, I think I won't mention the next dog I thought <laughs> it will turn up next so dog is a recurring dog non-player character in the fallout series and first introduced in actually the original game which i'd completely forgotten it's the original game in 1997 and then made a cameo in fallout 2 in 1998 and then uh, another dog dog is featured in fallout 3 and fallout 4 so like dog is like really present in in fallout yeah and for good reason because this dog is just amazing so i'm going to be talking more about dog meat in fallout 4 i think just because it's the most recent game and dog meat is a little bit different in fallout 4 compared to fallout 3 although i remember dog meat from fallout 3 a bit more um i think he just gets a bit superior to fallout 4 to be honest mostly because he doesn't die so i remember him dying in fallout 3 but i didn't i didn't do any research on this but i swear that he can die because the whole point about dog meat in fallout 4 is he doesn't die like he's immortal so I think that's important to mention. Maybe I've just blocked it out because I don't want to remember Dogme dying, which is probably Maybe what's happened. Respawns or something. I'm pretty sure he dies right. and doesn't come back, um, which is incredibly stressful, and yeah. it's probably why I I don't remember it. But it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter it's gone now. because that's that's in the past. Yeah. So in Fallout Four. Dogmeat is amazing because not only um, 
do you have an awesome dog by your side but he also has like sensing and tracking abilities and like the tracking abilities you actually use like in the main quest so if, if you recruit the dog obviously because you might not actually want to recruit dog meat i don't know why you wouldn't but it is an optional thing um you can talk to dog meat as well which is amazing and he'll bark back at you which is pretty cute and i think you can pet him too or she uh, and can do some awesome tricks can also hunt for enemies and fetch you items so similar thing to dog in dragon age you can be like hey go look for something for me and, and they'll go and do that they can also carry um like 150 like oh, i'm really bad at measurements <laughs> lb whatever lb is 150 pounds, pounds? yeah that's a that's a pound uh in fallout 4 which is cool so you can basically use them as a bit of a pack mule um and basically his affection will never die unlike other companions which get really rude and judgmental about when you do certain things in the game yep. the dog will never judge you <laughs> it's always what we want that's like true of, of actual dog dogs you know they just love you as a person yeah exactly so yeah it's, it's hard not to love dog me and everybody loves dogs and there's just something about having a dog in a kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland that just feels so right and I love, absolutely love Dogmeat in, in Fallout 4 because, like, the sound that the dog kind of makes is so realistic. And so, like, every now and again, if you're feeling a bit, maybe, like, spooked, a little bit lonely, and you just hear, like, the little panting and the little, like, footsteps, it just kind of, it's that whole thing about bringing comfort to you. Yeah. Um, and it actually genuinely feels like a real dog, which is awesome in Not itself. Not yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And generally, like, Dogmeat has had such a high kind of, esteem from everybody in the gaming world like if you look at like some of like the stats like dog meat's gotten like best companion best like pet best everything in like reviews and and it's sort of like known and cited as like one of the best companions in video game so you know it's yeah. not just me yeah i was going to be on some of my facts because i feel like some of the awesomeness is also entwined into the facts and my first fact that kind of leads on from that is that dog meat was modelled after River, a female German shepherd owned by Michael Michelle Burgess, sorry, who is the wife of Joel Burgess, senior designer at Bethesda Softworks. Aww. And I remember there was a video before the game came out showing River and um, and everything that they used because they sort of, you know, they took like sound, they did all like the motion capture or whatever, and, and they kind of like really based dog meat off of River. Yeah. And it's just adorable and lovely and just really heartening. That um, is really cute. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw them, the videos, but um it was yeah it was it was awesome but apparently the Rizzo river was also awarded top video game dog of 2015 at the cw's world dog awards don't know what that is but well done river hey you earn it she got it that's good <laughs> um and just a little bit of a backstory on dog me in which dog me was inspired by the unnamed dog of max from mad max from the 1981 post film mad max 2 oh, nice. uh, apparently the initial name <laughs> Of, of the dog in Fallout was going to be dog shit, apparently, which oh. I don't quite understand. Yeah. Um, but then apparently the actual name, like dog meat, was taken from the opening of the movie A Boy and His Dog, in which the main character Vic calls his dog um, dog meat. It's, like, it's more of like a, it's kind of like a negative name. Like I think the dog's actually called Blood, but he kind of negatively sort of insults him and calls him dog meat. Yeah. But apparently, according to the Fallout producer and the programmer and designer, um, 
the, the person, I think the art director had the movie like running continuously in his office and everyone said it would be quite cool to name the dog dog meat. I don't know. So there is kind of like a story behind like where that came from. But yeah, that's kind of the story behind behind dog meat. As I said, don't really have much more information than that. It's just for any game I think that has portrayed a dog, I think Fallout has done it the best. Yeah, I hear a lot of compliments about the the dog in, in Fallout, like just for being feeling quite real as like an actual real dog but also being a useful companion and not stupid yeah. or doesn't get in the way like that kind of thing so it just ticks like dog meat managed to tick all the boxes of course and also being like based and designed and like especially with the audio and stuff off of a real dog just makes mm. it even better yeah um and yeah just 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 a, an all-round good boy or girl in general <laughs> good boy i like it <laughs> So yeah, that's nice. number one. That is a good number one. Um, all right then, my number one, and I was very worried you were going to take this from me, but I'm glad you have not. Um, <laughs> it is uh, The Goose from Untitled Goose Game. Amazing. I was wondering if you were going to pick The Goose. I had to pick The Goose. The Goose is one of my favourite animals ever, and it's like the main character of a video game. But he still, well, it, she, The Goose still remains... A real goose like just like just a normal goose um so this uh yeah this is the puzzle stealth game by house house that was released uh last year in which you play a terrible goose who lives in an english village um i think so we've talked i've talked about this game before i think because it was in my best games of last year um episode yeah. so i won't talk too much about the actual game but it's just fun and the way the the way they've animated the goose the way it walks just the the way it looks at people and you just do things it's just there's so much character in such a small creature um and it just make it just feels like a goose like geese are like this this is this is really yeah savage Um, creatures exactly the the heart i hate them but i love this one this one just because i finally get to see what it's like to be a terrible creature um so i was reading more about generally like the game itself um and the ideas behind like how they got there and obviously we i think we've spoken about like the where the game came from and it was just like an inside joke on like the development message channel that they had they were talking about how funny it would be to make a game about you know a goose and it just kind of spawned from there which is a really cool idea that instead of you know like i guess some of the slightly bigger uh game studios and stuff, picking stuff that they feel like will make them the most money and going through a lot of research to find those kind of games. It was just something made from an inside joke. And that's and it's made it very, very successful. But the fact they concentrated on making more of a joke thing, an enjoyment thing over a money thing, it really worked for them. Um, it did, it did. Yeah. And, and it, just, it just plays on the hilarity of the fact that they are just these like savage, but very comical comical beasts and i think i think we spoke about this before i think it's done well for geese kind because instead of thinking oh they're just aggressive bastards we're kind of like we look at them in a nice kind of funny way now i like what's that line it's like you get the something you get the honk i can't even remember but oh it's uh if you oh it's like if you get the honk you get the bonk something about honk and bonk <laughs> i mean i need to find it mess with the honk you get the bonk that's it that was it yeah yeah, and it's just yeah. So there's like whole internet memes around this goose, and he just like proves that he's such a good like character and just a good thing. And one of the things I found out was they were talking about 
um, the way that they crossed the games they were talking about, they crossed, they crossed like Hitman with Mario 64. So they were like, we love the idea of making stealth mechanics, but without violence, which is essentially what you do <laughs> in the game. It's just like, you've got to be stealthy, but you're not doing anything particularly violent. Although you do terrorize a small child. Um, but yeah, it's just the way you walk around and then you honk at people and steal things. And I just imagine a goose loose in the village and this is this is what happens to them. It's um, not far from reality. No, it's not. This is English villages all up and down the country. <laughs> nice bit. Yeah, I like that. I like that he has made it into the number one spot. Yep. Um, so there's not like loads of facts, but there is a co-op version coming out soon. Uh, wow. Okay, we've got to play that. Yeah. So you basically, you're just two geese together. I think it's they didn't do much. You just play the game through as two geese instead of one but there was just an image that they posted with it where it's like the small child cowering in fear and there's just two geese either side of them <laughs> i was like this is this seems fantastic this is all i want to do what is, what is worse than one geese two geese <laughs> two two vicious geese because you'd be like i'm looking after one and then another one sneaking up behind them um just the chaos the pure chaos that you could do so there's that. Oh, amazing. Um, and um, I think we've had this fact before, but I just thought I'd reiterate that the Untitled Goose Game is not the name of the game. The game is, in fact, untitled. It has no title. They've just kept it. But um, that's just what people have been calling it. Um, so wait, what is it, is, what is it actually called? It's not called anything. That's the, the point. It's completely untitled. It's just called Untitled? No. Well, it doesn't have it. So technically doesn't have a name so it's like that oh my God. Uh, so they amazing. picked like untitled goose game for i think it was like when they were first showing the trailer for it when they were seeing yeah. it in the indie shows and they didn't have a name for it yet so they called it untitled goose game and it just stuck um so much people loved it they were just like well let's just never give it a ta- like a title let's just forever leave it as the untitled goose game because that's just how people would describe it um so yeah there's a weird weird thing around that which is fun and also in the same thing of when they first released the first trailer, they originally had no plans to put any music in the game. It was just going to be the thing. Um, but after everyone saw the trailer with the music that was they put on it, they loved it so much that they were just like, we have to, we have to now create some. So they eventually put in the effort to make a whole soundtrack, which you can now buy the soundtrack, which I'm nice. very interested because I really like the soundtrack. It's very like... It's soothing, but not in a weird way. Very yeah. much like the Goose game, I think. I agree. It's soothing. Soothing, but not because... It's soothing because you're the geese, but it's not soothing for everyone else in the game. No. <laughs> um, awesome. That's kind of it for my number one. Like I said, it's quite short and sweet, Um, I think, all of these. It's, it's hard to get, like, lots of information and lots of facts about animals. Um, yeah. Because... Yeah, they're not the main, like, it's not like they're the main protagonist. They will have a bit of a backstory um, and have, obviously have things like mechanics involved with them. But yeah, generally it's kind of like, I just, yeah, it's it's kind of companion based as well, isn't it? And, and well, I say that yours are very fear based, but it can be companion or just cool mechanics or whatever. Yeah, um, I found I'm going to add in a goose fact. Yes, do it. Okay, so apparently... Um, geese were the first type of poultry to be domesticated by humans over 3,000 years ago in Egypt. First domesticated? Yeah, first domesticated poultry. Well, why aren't they behaving themselves? 
this time. All this time. This is this is the thing. They fought all this time to learn what gets to humans. If we if what we have is now called a domesticate domesticated geese, I do not want to know what a domesticated <laughs> geese was before this. What they must have been really rambunctious. They must have been. <laughs> there must be swarms of them, like just killing people and dragging them off into the woods. Oh my god, that's a whole other different game in itself. Man. The vicious goose game. Oh, the geese back then must look at the geese now like pussies. Yeah, just look at what, you. What, you stole a sandwich? I what killed a man. <laughs> I hope that that's going to be the um, the sequel to Untitled Goose Game is like geese in Egypt. Old geese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just killing people. <laughs> just bonking everybody. But with murderous chains. Well, I think that's a pretty good way to end this episode. I think so. <laughs> what a great ending. Um, yep, that's our top five this week. If you want to keep up with us, you can do so on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at GameTool5. And uh, if you want more shit from us, then you can go to our Patreon at GameTool5 as well and, and support us in any way or just have some bonus episodes. Yep, you can find everything at GameTool5.com. It's easy. Yep. Just have to remember it one is. thing. And if you've enjoyed this episode and you want to show support along the way, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, help us out a lot, or on Podchaser, whenever, wherever you want to leave a review for, even if you want to put it on your fridge, just do something. Yeah, take a picture of it That'd and nice. send it to us. We'll love it. <laughs> we will. Anyway. Yeah, that's the end day. of our video game animals. Yeah, animals. Animals. <laughs> I turned yes. a bit Australian at the end there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's cool. Well, uh, I, I'm not very good at ending. I fucked it. <laughs> End the podcast, Steph. All right, End I'm it. ending it. It's ended. Goodbye. Goodbye.